Welcome in to No Punt Intended, presented by Club Fantasy. I am your host, Joe Zolo. Joining me as always, Joshua Hudson and Ryan Weiss. And for the fourth straight week, per usual, as on our accountability shows, I'm Chris Molina. Gentlemen, how was Sal uh, AFC and NFC Championship weekend? We don't need to ask Chris. You know it's good for Chris. You know it's <laughs> great for Chris. It was great for Chris. Yeah. Great, great for the Bengals. What great an for epic me. collapse. I wasn't able to watch a lot of the second half because I did have to work. So I was following along and refreshing ESPN as fast as I could. Mm. Wow. Yeah. It's really hard not to, you know, get, you know, excited, if you know what I mean, at work when you just see the Chiefs not scoring touchdowns on seven <laughs> straight possessions. So yeah, they turned into an absolutely different team in that second half. Yeah, if, if, awful. if someone if someone could break it down for me, because again, I only I only saw overtime. Uh, and I didn't even see the Mahomes interception in overtime. I was working that entire time. If someone could break down, what the hell did Cincinnati do in the second half to make Kansas City? They played defense. Oh, good. Okay. That yeah, worked. They played defense. <laughs> great, great pass rush. Mick, Mahomes was playing hero ball, um, literally just trying to Classic. make things happen that weren't happening. Um, it seemed like they really stopped going at their throat on deep plays. And I don't know if that was Cincinnati's defense. It didn't quite look like it. It, it was ugly all around. I mean, you could put a lot of this on Andy Reed as well as Patrick Mahomes. So. I, I put the whole game on Andy Reed. Cause if we go back to, and I texted you guys, this Andy Reed showcasing his brilliance of clock management, four and a half minutes into the game. If you're going to challenge the play, why would you call a timeout? Yeah. Like, I mean, Yes and no. I mean, I, I understand you want to bust his balls, but like, I, honestly, that game stopped when Tyreek Hill didn't find the end zone right before halftime. That hundred percent. What kind of also, a go ahead, Chris? Sorry. What kind of a decision was that from Mahomes? Anyways, oh, yeah. you chuck that ball out of bounds and kick the field goal. You know. Yeah, I was really surprised they didn't kick the field goal to end the half either. Like it just, I don't know, with it with so few time that they had left, like that's a chip shot for Butker. Well, I think it really comes down to uh, from all the analysis I've seen is Mahomes asked for one more play, thinking he would get the ball into the end zone in three seconds. And then worst case scenario is it's an incomplete pass. That's not at all what happened. And nope. So Mahomes, Mahomes let Reed down there. I think, I think Reed wanted to kick yes, the field goal. I think he put his faith in his quarterback, which you should. Mahomes let him down, plain and simple. So do we also see Mahomes calling for a timeout after the play? So yeah, he thought he still probably had a timeout, which again they would have if Andy yeah. Reid didn't. So that's call fair. A and what's funny, and I I had forgotten about that until you just said it because I even said it to Marlia was how Marlia being my wife for those who don't know how bad of Marlia loves Patrick Mahomes loves the Chiefs how bad of a look is that for Mahomes to be that unaware of a situation in the biggest game of your career in 2022-2021. like. I don't Kinda know. I mean, nuts. it's it's crazy to think that in his last uh, in six of the last eight quarters of the biggest games of his life, he has scored zero touchdowns. So, I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna say that Mahomes still doesn't know how to play in big games, but in the two Super Bowls, he hasn't played well, and he looked and it, like let let's be for real. Entering the playoffs, Cincinnati might have had the worst defense entering the playoffs. That's pretty damn close. They have the worst offensive line. That's yes. that's not even a question. They have one of the worst defenses entering 
the statistically, but they had flashed. Yeah. Oh, they hundred. Did you see what the Patriots gave up to the Bengals? I mean, listen, listen. I'm I'm aware of what the Patriots did. I'm aware. But statistically, the Pats' defense was. Was far and away better. Cincinnati, yeah. Yes. Yo, I know. Um, I just wanted to get a Pat's D. But, oh, okay. Yo, no, <laughs> I was like, no, they're oh, not. Hey. Okay, you <laughs> had me confused. I'm like, <laughs> New England is way better. Patriots Page, garbage. I mean, I mean, here's the thing. We have, okay, I would say this. I mean, the we have Jalen Mills, but the Bengals have Eli Apple, and I think only, that might be worse. The only defense worse than the Bengals would be the Bills, because they suck, <laughs> and that's how you win overtime, Cincinnati. <laughs> Okay, hold, okay. Hold, hold on. No, no, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. We hashed it out last week. Listen, listen. I, I mean, listen. There's the more whole, there's more evidence. I got all the evidence the I whole, need to play defense. The whole defense the wins. The defense wins championships. That's how did. overtime was supposed to work. Both defenses were on the field. Just no, saying. One one defense did its job, one didn't. Yeah. And one defense did a yeah, job for and an one entire didn't half. Hide in a coin toss. <laughs> and Moving on, I'm right. <laughs> Albert says the Bengal dropped eight of the coverage and rushed three. I remember talking about this last year when the Bucks won, and they said, "Huh, we've figured out the recipe to beat the Chiefs," and it That's, seems to be blitz three. It's, it's only the recipe if your three can put pressure on Mahomes. A hundred percent. Yeah, I was gonna say, it's and not the recipe. It's the recipe if you have three good down linemen. So Trey I mean, it's kind of the same. It's always been the same philosophy with Brady. Like you know, the recipe to beating Brady, get pressure on him. You know, yeah. I mean that that's what the Giants. I mean that's the recipe to win any game in the NFL yeah. is get pressure. Well, yeah, on it's pressure. And, but yeah, but it's but with it's, Mahomes, when you drop that many into coverage. He can't pick apart and find the zones because there's too many people back there. It's Mahomes you contain in the pocket. Brady is not pressure. It's pressure up the middle. Yeah. If you get pressure up the sides. He ain't, he ain't running away from it. He's not yeah, running he's away not from running it. Away. He's just going <laughs> to. Yeah. When Brady steps up in the pocket, you think to yourself, oh, shit, that's a touchdown. Like, that's what happens. Also, RIP. Love you, Brady. Um, I mean, and it looked good in the first half. Everything that. So, Joe, you said you watched the first half, right? I watched. I watched. I watched the entire first half. I watched the whole Rams game. I just couldn't watch so, the second half. So there was the play where everybody started swooning over Mahomes, where he did the like half twist to juke out the defender. And then I don't even remember the result of the play. I think it was one of the ones where he hit Kelsey downfield or whatever. Congratulations. You're an athlete in 2022. He, did, he kept trying it in the second half and it stopped it, it, it working. It didn't work. That was the issue. So I get, tries to go for the big play. And I mean, I hate Tony Romo hate giving him any credit where credit is due, but he said Mahomes is taking the underneath stuff and taking what's given to him. From what it sounds like, he did not do that as the game progressed into the second half. It was ugly, so, but I mean, again, playing hero ball. And then, oh god, the two the two greatest things happen. The Bengals are in the Super Bowl as predicted uh, by myself, by zero um, people, by myself. I I had the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Oh, when the playoffs started, get the yeah. fuck out of here. <laughs> who, who who outside of Cincinnati Bengals fans had the Bengals in the Super Bowl? Who? A lot of Cincinnati Bengals fans. Did you see, the guy, who, Cincinnati Bengals did you see fans. the guy who turned $20 into 500000 by predicting the yes. scores correctly on both That's games? That wild. was incredible. That was incredible. I mean, yeah, That was a $20 free roll bet, too, from yes. what I gathered. Oh, I didn't know it was free roll. That's crazy. Yeah. And, <laughs> and shout out to Jimmy Garoppolo for solidifying that he'll be a Las Vegas Raider next year with Josh well, McDaniels. He's going to be not a 49er. That's what we do. What are you doing on that play? Like, Good it's, Lord. So here's the mindset, right? I'm yelling at my TV. I'm like, Jimmy, you can't take a sack. What are you doing? You can't take a sack there. In hindsight, 
take the sack. Yeah. Because <laughs> I thought he threw it behind his damn back. Play. I I had to watch the play like three different times. I thought he threw it behind his back. I, it, was, it was. I mean, again, it's Aaron Donald. If Aaron yeah. Donald does not set the single game, just not even playoff record, single game overall record for most sacks, quarterback pressures, quarterback hits in a single game, the system is broken. Well, he's probably going to be four blocked. And so it's just going to be Von Miller and Floyd tearing everything up. Yeah. That's going to be, that's going to be, I, I have, I have zero faith in the Bengals offensive line, but then again, Joe Burrow got sacked nine times and he still won a football game. So I I thought, I don't know if it's official yet, but a friend of mine, huge Bengals fan follows all the Bengals insider news. They're bringing back Tyler Eifert. Hell yes. <laughs> yeah. Why? Really? Yeah. Just just so he can tear his ACL one more time in a Bengals uniform? Like, why are they bringing him back? Can you even sign someone this late? I don't think so. What about what about Drew Sample sign? Maybe maybe there was a joke I missed because there's no news about it whatsoever, but he texted it. Was definitely it. Was no, no, no. There was no joke in the text message, but at least now I can tell him he made me look stupid on the show. So. All right, well, uh, Regardless, well, hello everybody. I'm glad we have, I'm glad we have people here enjoying the show so far. Angie, thank you for joining the show. When I'm not shit talking your Falcons, that's a that's a good start for you today. Um, it really it's uncanny. It's uncanny. But I mean, the Falcons aren't in the playoffs, so you can't shit talk them. There you go. Yep. Uh, all right. Here are your head coaching updates. Sean Payton has stepped away. I feel like he's, did that happen? No, that happened like the day after. The day after. Left. Okay. Yeah, I was yeah. say, I feel like it feels was, like it's old news. Cause like it was kind years of is, ago. But, yeah. Yeah. So congratulations, saints fans. You no longer have to suffer. Uh, Sean Payton has decided to have step you away. Seen their salary cap space. They're going to suffer. In, you, yeah. you know, what's funny. I think people are making jokes about that. Like he's the dynasty manager that, you know, goes all in, you know, <laughs> loses all his picks and then just bounces. <laughs> Did you see everyone trying to sell Taysom Hill shares? Because yeah, no, yeah. no one wants him anymore. I did. Yep. I did for Brady. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> he traded him for Brady after he announced his retirement. I mean, well. Taysom, Hill, Taysom Hill and Tom Brady are going to play the exact. I think Tom Brady's throwing us for a fucking loop. I think I think he's putting out an ad. He never did back. actually it say the word back. retirement in that you know, write-up that he did. I'm so. just saying. I'm just saying he's throwing us for a loop. He's pulling a Brett Favre, except he'll actually come back and play well. Mm. I'm telling you, throwing for a loop. Don't count him out just yet. Broncos uh, have hired a new head coach, Packers offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett. They also hired their tight ends coach, the Packers tight ends coach, as their offensive coordinator. They have also uh, acquired Aaron Rodgers in a trade for picks to be announced at a later date, um, <laughs> along with Devontae Adams for picks and players to be announced at a later date and then subsequently Aaron Jones for picks and players to be announced at a later date. So congratulations Broncos fans. If he doesn't go to Denver, I mean the Broncos, you're sorry. Sorry. You are doing everything in your power. To I get don't know who I got into Denver. a conversation with about this, but if you are Aaron Rodgers, why would you want to go to the AFC right now? I wouldn't. I, I mean, with with as much young quarterback talent there, it's one thing like Brady got out of New England right at the perfect time because when he went to the NFC, Drew Brees retired. I mean, it, everybody else was gone. You had Aaron Rodgers, really, and that was it. Everybody else is – Dak got hurt last year. I mean, Kirk Cousins, what? 
Russell Wilson, all they want to do is run the football and they still can't play defense. Like he had no competition in the NFC. Stafford was if, still on the Lions. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like now if you go over to the AFC, you got to deal with Mahomes, you got to deal with Herbert, you got to deal with Joe Burrow, you got to deal with Lamar Jackson, you got to deal with Josh yeah, Allen. Allen. There is no clear path there at all. Oh, there is. But it's called the NFC South. Just which one of those teams do you want to put into the playoffs every year? I, well, yeah, exactly. Like, that's the point I'm getting at. You would be dumb if you're Aaron Rodgers, if you want to continue playing to go to the AFC. Stay in the NFC. I apologize. I meant to say do. the AFC South because right now there's no – yeah. no, The NFC South too, I guess. Well, yeah, that's yeah. very true. <laughs> well, people, people yeah, I mean, are... Matt Ryan's the best quarterback in that division right now. <laughs> Shout out, Angie. <laughs> people, people are talking about, uh, for some reason, him going to Indianapolis – and Carson getting them getting rid of car. I don't see it happening. But again, if Denver doesn't acquire him, I I mean that's that's tough. But I I get the argument like you know who you're going to see a lot of good teams in the AFC. He's also going to see six horrible defenses. Yeah, or three horrible defenses six times a year: Chargers, Raiders, Chiefs. So you know there is that. But I mean you're also going to have to go up against Herbert and Mahomes four times a season. And then I again, if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't end up in Vegas, I don't know who does. But if not, Derek Carr twice a year, who has shown that he can play well. So, and also Denver has a good defense. Like they do have a good. They have a lot of free agents defense. on defense, though. So they do, but they got Sertain locked up. I think <coughs> Chubb is locked up. Um, their middle linebackers are solid. Justin Simmons is a freak at safety. No one ever talks about him as the top safety in the league. So they have a good defense, but you are correct. AFC, better teams in theory. Uh, Speaking the- of safeties, Joe, I just want to give you a quick shout out. Jesse Bates with that tip pass in overtime. Yeah. And you've been calling Bates for like, I feel like a two years. century now. Two so, years. Yeah. Two, can we also talk about, it's a safety tip to another safety, Von yeah. Bell, who I didn't put in my top of me because I, I, he played, I believe, last in New Orleans. Yeah. In the last year he played in New Orleans, he was a top 15 safety in fantasy football. And I said I was worried about that because he's going to Cincy whole new whatever, blah, blah, blah. Jesse Bates to Von Bell, that was a oh, culmination of everything. Beautiful play by Bates on that. And also it made it so much better that Eli Apple just dropped a pick six to play before. He's so bad. He is Regardless, the worst corner in the NFL. He still saved the game. Ryan, I hate you. Ryan, absolutely hate you. Okay. <laughs> okay, the Bears have a new head coach. Um, Matt Eberflus is the new head coach in Chicago. For those that have no clue who that person is, because I didn't, he's the Colts defensive coordinator. So that vaunted Colts defense that played against the Jacksonville Jaguars in Week 18, <laughs> that guy who has yet to win. Indy hasn't won a game in Jacksonville since 2014. That's sad. It's been a hot minute. The last six or seven seasons, they haven't won in Jacksonville. But anyways, Eberflus, the D.C., uh, uh, DC for the Colts, now the head coach for Chicago. Um, fun tip, according to the show sheet, the Bears were top six against fantasy tight ends last year. The Colts were dead last. So something to keep in mind with guys like TJ Hawkinson, Josiah DeGora, and Tyler Conklin. Tanyan, I guess if they resign him. but Yeah, if yeah. they resign Tanya. I believe he's restricted, or was he restricted last year? I think year? he was restricted last year. Last year, yeah, and they got yeah, him on a one-year deal. Uh, yeah, one-year deal. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, yeah, the Jolly John- Irv Smith coming back, too, so. Yeah. The Giants get their guy. Uh, Bills OC Brian Dable is the new head coach for the New York Giants. Um, Working with new GM Joe Schoen in Buffalo. So Dable, I mean, 
what are you going to argue with his offense? Like it's, it's ridiculous. I hope he smacks some sense into uh, the, the team in general and say, let's get rid of this bum ass Daniel Jones. But that probably won't happen. No. What if he turns I think Daniel probably Jones get into one more Josh year Allen? Of Daniel Jones. I, well, that ain't happening. What, I hey. think we probably get one more year of Daniel Jones, and then you know Dable and Shane will be like, "All right, let's find our guy this yeah. coming draft." And one you know. one more year for him to prove he's Josh Allen. Yeah, basically. Exactly. Hey, this is his third year. Third year Josh Allen was electric, right? Yeah, I'm just saying. But second year Josh Allen was also electric. Second year Josh Allen was also, but second year Daniel Jones was injured, so we don't know what second year Daniel Jones was. He was just injured. So was second year Saquon Barkley. So I feel like that's a common theme for Giants first round picks. Yeah, I'd rather be hurt than play for that team too. I would as well. Uh, the Raiders are now uh, Patriots West. Tennessee became New England South, and now the Raiders are New England West. Uh, they have hired. Dave Ziegler is their new GM. It was Dave Ziegler was the de facto GM of the Patriots. We really Josh McDaniels. That was the guy. And it even, it made it so much better that Rex Ryan gave him a glowing endorsement. The bonehead that is Rex Ryan said the Raiders <laughs> made the right move. I okay. just, Thank I you, don't Rex. understand why this was the one where he's like, yep, I'm ready to go now. New stadium. They're probably paying him a Vegas. shitload of money. Vegas. He but he's also, also being partnered with his guy. I mean, yeah. it's kind of similar like with Dable. Like Dable gets his guy there with, with you know, the Giants. Yeah. McDaniels, you know, yes, Ziggler's going to have final say. But, he like, it's a collaborative process. He has a good relationship with Ziggler, so he feels that he can trust. Whereas, like, in 2018 with, with Indy, he didn't really know Ballard. Yeah. That's not his guy. And, you know, we know these coaches. They all have these egos that they feel like they can build their team their way. And, you know, at least this way he's working with somebody that feels that he can trust and work with in a more collaborative way. I'm just excited for Josh McDaniels to reach super high in the draft once again and draft a guy like Tim Tebow. Let's let's be clear what we should be excited about, Joe. Josh McDaniels and the Patriots offense. And Hunter, Hunter Ryan, motherfucking Renfro. <laughs> yeah, Josh, Joe, I know you saw my note in the show sheets. So. Yeah. Josh, I don't ever rank him outside the top 24. I feel that's disrespectful. I think you shouldn't rank him outside the top five, personally. Because um, do we remember Wes Welker? I was playing it safe. <laughs> I'm just hoping. I'm just hoping remember he, Wes Welker? I'm hoping he can crack my top 65 this year. Yeah, right? <laughs> I, still get I will say this is a huge boost for the Raiders' red zone offense, more than anything. And I think that... There's going to be a shot where we can still get Josh Jacobs at a discount and we could be looking at a top seven season for him because, it, it, again, if the Raiders play red zone in 2022 the same way the Patriots Patriot were able zone. to, you're talking about a top 10 red zone team and that's only going to mean increased touchdown potential for Josh Jacobs. Yeah, it's great for Waller. you got to still see improvement really out good. of that offensive line. It's, it's But McDaniels knows how to build an offensive line. I mean – in theory, so he doesn't know how to build an offensive yeah. line. Dante Scarnecchia knows how to build an offensive line. Well, we're hoping things rubbed off. <laughs> they did not. I can guarantee you they did not because the two years Scarnecchia was not a Patriots uh, offensive line coach, oh, it was they were dead last yeah. in the NFL. Also, but he drafted bar... Isaiah Wynn, so he does not know how to build an offensive line. But I mean, they got rid of Mike Mayock, which... so 
I mean, they're not going to reach for a second-round Alabama lineman high in the first round. That's what I was going to say. Alex yeah. Fall start Leatherwood. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. So it's so it was Bama and Georgia. So you know, pick pick your poison on who the Raiders are going to be drafting this year in the first round from either of those teams. And the uh, the football team finally has a name. They went with the Commanders. They haven't commanded anything since Joe Gibbs, so I think this is kind of you know overcompensating speak, for that. Speak it into existence. Yeah, speak it into existence. Yeah. The commanders. Um uniforms look cool. Fire. The logo fun. looks terrible. The logo is the same W they used. Just different. How lazy are you? It looks like what I get served tacos in when I go to like fuzzies personally. <laughs> not wrong. I mean you're you're not wrong. I don't. It's so, not like I have no issue with it. Dude, I have no issue with it either. But it's also like I'm indifferent. Yeah, like that's that's a name. It's not like yeah, it's oh, a name. Sh- that's a team. Oh shit! <laughs> no, it gets the Battle Jacks or like. <laughs> or like no, they the they definitely animals. went generic with this one, so not to you know piss people off in the future kind of thing. So yeah, I I still I don't. Red Tails. Like, that's such a way better name. It would have been a far superior name. Such a way better name. Like, Commanders. What? That's so stupid. Like, the Generals would have even been just a tiny bit better. Because it focuses on, you know, where you play. So stupid. Washington Frauds. That's what they need to be. The Washington Frauds. I mean, that fits. The football team was growing on me. Like, I kind of wish they would have just left it no, at that. Shut up. Yeah. Shut, <laughs> shut up. Football Club Barcelona. That's really what we're going to call fucking teams in the NFL now. Liverpool Football Club. Steer into the skin, man. Oh, stupid. At least Arsenal You're has more appealing team. to an international audience that actually recognizes football as what we call soccer. So Okay, well, c- um. congratulations. If anyone from an international audience chooses to be a fan of the Washington Commanders... They hey, people in England to choose to be a fan of the Jaguars because they play in England every year. Listen, it's, ba- it's basically their home team. Let's ask our French listener. <laughs> bonjour. Oh, bonjour. Bonjour. Um, biggest news of the week. Uh, Brian Flores suing the NFL along with the Broncos, Dolphins, and Giants for improper hiring practices and claiming racial discrimination in the process. Um, I love that it happened the first day of Black History Month when the NFL was starting to put out other Black History Month stuff. I wanna, I wanna believe he timed it that way. I really wanna believe he timed it that way. Like he was, this was in his pocket like for <laughs> like a couple weeks, and he didn't want to release it, and he timed it on the first day of Black History Month. That's what I wanna believe. It's probably not true, but that's what I want to believe. Well, it's been in his pocket since the Tuesday before Brian Dable was hired. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. I um, I I mean, there's something in that says Counselor Chris, some insight into the lawsuit question mark. I don't know if Chris, you know anything more than we do, or anything more from a legal standpoint. But thoughts? Well, I mean, this is a process, right? People are already on Twitter saying like, "Oh, how is he going to prove this? Oh, how is he going to prove that?" Like, well, there's this process called discovery. Um, you know, it's after five o'clock and I'm still talking about law stuff, but it's cool. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, You're welcome. Um, I didn't, I didn't, but notes. so the, in theory, um, you know, they're, they're getting around the Rooney rule by, you know, interviewing these coaches 
with who have no chance essentially so doing these interviews in bad faith um which i mean that that text message from bill belichick kind of kind of seems like a smoking gun to get things going um you know well, and then there's the Flores reports hadn't of, even i'll say then there's the reports of the denver interview where they showed up an hour late and were hung over so. <laughs> what i didn't see that oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'll be honest i haven't read i haven't read too much into it but it's, also it's of, bad. of every head coach head coaching firing the only one where everyone collectively as a community went seriously yep. was Brian Flores. Yeah. That was the only one where everyone was like, why would they do that? Well, and then there's the... I feel like that's a trend. I mean, if, if we look at years past, like a lot of these coaches aren't getting, you know, their yeah. fair shake. Like, for example, I mean, Bowles wasn't the best, but like Gase immediately tanked the Jets to you know, far, the, the depths far below Bowles. Yep. Jim Caldwell, same thing. He got fired after three winning seasons in four years with Detroit. Like, when does that ever happen in Detroit? Winning seasons or a coach firing? <laughs> no, well, both. Yeah. <laughs> I, think there then, was, sorry. I think there was one since Barry Sanders. One winning season since Barry Sanders before Jim Caldwell took over. Yep, Caldwell was great. Well, and then there's the competitive issue that we're also have owners paying for losses now. So... Yeah. That's if that could Steven be Ross isn't, yep. Well, and if he's not forced to sell that team at this point, but yeah, that's a great point, Chris. I never considered that this straight up a criminal criminal aspect to this. So. Well, and then I saw something today where uh, now their uh, Hugh Jackson has come out saying something similar happened with Haslam and the Browns. Yep. And, and the, the Browns have denied it again. He has witnesses that yep, back him. the Browns have yep. denied and a third party has stepped up and, and yep. vouched for him. So I'm, I'm sure it happened to Hugh Jackson, but you know, you'll, I mean, if I'm I would Hugh also Jackson, not hire Hugh Jackson, this is record. not a thing to make jokes about, but if I'm Hugh Jackson, I'm latching onto this, but that's why I lost baby. They were yes. paying me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I lost 32 straight games and have the worst head coaching record win percentage in NFL it's history that, because it's of that. that bank account, baby. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, we all collectively said Brian Flores should get a head coaching job elsewhere. The moment he was fired. From the Miami Dolphins, so yep, I I think hey, there is something I want to bring up. I was, I was something say, I want to bring up too. Go ahead. Um, it's like people's first thoughts are like, oh well, Brian Flores is never going to get a head coaching job again. Well, like, how gross! I is think that? that's crazy because like John Gruden sued the NFL too, and just like crickets. I think you know there's yeah. some there's some um, prejudices there. Yep. Oh, there's certainly some fucking prejudices there. Side note, 100%. though, I don't. Side note, I don't know if you guys seen this, but Schefter just tweeted that Harbaugh has told Michigan that he's staying. Well, well, congratulations. Yeah, I saw a report yesterday that basically said that Minnesota was giving Harbaugh the job like Wednesday afternoon. And yeah, I that's that I thought. I, was, I thought you were but... about to break that he was siding with the Vikings. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's well, staying in Michigan. Vikings fans, wow. congratulations! You dodged a bullet. And to Michigan <laughs> fans, uh, I hope you look forward to continually losing to Ohio State again for six years. So, if why Minnesota... would I still don't get why Minnesota wanted him? I still don't get it. Yeah, yeah, I don't either. It made it made no sense. It made no sense. He's another sense. one that you know power struggles. You know, I'm I'm great, big egos, and all this stuff. And I don't know. I feel like with um, 
I can't even remember the guy's name from last week. The the GM they just hired, like with this being his first Hle- GM job. Hlefi Oseta something. Yeah, uh, I I don't know why you would want to tie yourself to a massive egomaniac like Jim Harbaugh. Like it just doesn't doesn't make much sense to me. He also could have just been trying to make a damn splash. So, see, but I feel like that would come more from ownership versus a GM. Like he yeah. seems more analytically driven, not like oh I need a big name. Like it just I don't know. It didn't seem to fit that narrative for me. Uh, I'm just happy we've made it a half an hour without mentioning tight ends. <laughs> You want to start now? It's no, going to take I'm, us three I'm, minutes. I'm being serious. It's literally going to take us three minutes. Congratulations. You all hit on Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, we all hit on the exact and, same guys. Yeah, we and all Kittle the exact same and guys. Waller. Congratulations. All of you missed on Jonu Smith. Um, give me somebody else who is in the Dalton top Schultz. five. Dalton Schultz. Congratulations. You all missed on him. Uh, you all missed on Blake Jarwin. Yeah, what, Pat Fryermuth. What, what do you want me to say? Like... We want me to say here. I'm not busting your balls, Joe. I said I was happy. Fuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> we want me to say. You know what? Let's just fly through this, and then we could talk about fun stuff elsewhere, right? So, Chris. Wow, I feel like I ruined the show. Chris, congratulations! <laughs> yeah. You hit on Andrews, Kelsey, and Kittle, and then you got Pitts, Fant, and Goddard. Congratulations to the community <laughs> on getting those six guys right. Um, George Kittle, good job. Gerald Everett, you projected him at 19. He was 20. Jack Doyle projected 20. Those, those are pretty <laughs> solid projections, though, Chris. I mean, you're all project, yeah. Two targets, four receptions, 32 yards. Like, that's, you know. Yeah, I mean. Hey, good job there, dude. Gr- I mean, great Thank job. You. And again, you know, we've talked about this. It doesn't matter outside of guys that can't catch touchdowns. And Gerald Everett, I think, caught, you know, five touchdowns in two games combined. Like he caught all of his touchdowns. That's still more than most tight ends. Well, it's it's actually weird. If you multiply Cole Komet's (laughs) touchdowns by a million, that's still less than what Gerald Everett had. (laughs) It's weird. If you actually, if you multiply the amount of touchdowns Komet had by the amount that Mark Andrews had, it's still less than the amount Jimmy Graham had for the Chicago Bears this season. So, hmm. Love Cole Komet. Uh, Josh, congratulations. You hit six of the top 12. <laughs> like, what do you want me to say here? This is so stupid. Um, you also hit on Tyler Higby. Congratulations. Um, you had Kelsey and Andrews tops and touchdown receptions. Great. Uh, you had, you know, also they were up there with Knox and Henry. I'll Which pat I myself on the back on. for Henry for calling him the Gronkowski of the offense. And I'll take the the stab wound across the neck for Jonu Smith, but I think we all take the stab wound across the neck for Jonu Smith. Um, I, blame, I, blame, I blame you. I promise you. I every you. time we did a show, I gave him more targets and more targets. And you motherfucker. Me or Josh? <laughs> you, oh, Joe. Well, Josh had him at five in his preseason yeah, ranking. I was yeah. a lot higher on him. Yeah. I had him at 16. <laughs> I mean, that's even a lot closer uh, to any of us. <laughs> so... You know, in our dynasty league, I sent Joe last year around, you know, off season an offer for John Smith. I'm like, yeah, he's, you know, with Hunter Henry, he's probably not going to have a good first year. Give him a third. Joe counters with the first, and that's the quickest I've ever. Uh, well, uh, I find it just paid a pick swap I, for him. I, so. I countered with the first because <laughs> it was me saying, I'm not giving up this guy for, you know, for that. I love that I was trying to give Hunter Henry away. 
and nobody wanted him. <laughs> you know what? Here, you know what? You know what the best part of this, though? You know what the best part of this is? If you multiply Cole Komet's touchdowns by a million, Jonu Smith still has more. That's how bad Cole Komet was, ladies and gentlemen. Jonu Smith had a touchdown this season. Cole Komet, zero. But you know what? That's the only fucking stat that matters here. Jonu Smith was a leading receiver in one game. Thank you, Dave Kluge, for that statistic. And also, he caught more touchdowns than Cole Komet. So all you, you know what? Fuck you. I hit on Jonu Smith. I hate all of you. God, I hope he does better this year. This that was just Should atrocious. we talk about the better tight end in New England? Any or you know? No, no. I gave his. I, I gave I his props. Big time on Henry. On Henry. I think everyone <laughs> whipped big time on Henry. Well, it's just so, I had talked about this a lot coming into the season that it was so hard to project how much they were going to involve those tight ends because they hadn't used them for two years. Sub. 40 targets to the position for 40 years. And as shitty as a season as Johnny Smith had, he still had more than 40 targets and he was the second best. So it was so hard figuring out how to project them. And then it was so hard. You didn't expect Hunter Henry to score that many touchdowns because you didn't, at one point, you didn't even know who the quarterback was going to be. They were a pain in the ass, but I mean, I'm happy for Hunter Henry. I, I'm happy as well. I'm he's on my team, so I'm I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I hope Jonah Smith can you know stay healthy and then produce in the offense. But Josh, you also had Kittle at four, which was correct. Pitts at six, which was correct. Gasicki at eight, which was correct. Fun fact: Miami ran twelve personnel leak high sixty-one percent of the time. The next closest being the Green Bay Packers at twenty-nine percent. Now you guys follow this stuff more than me. Would that be because they? S- put Gasicki out as a wideout so often. So was the other it guy could very well be. End? Yeah. Okay. That that's kind of my guess, honestly, because their wide receiver room was absolutely decimated all year. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Parker missed extended time. We know about Will Fuller. Uh Albert Wilson never stays healthy all year. I mean they're trotting out guys like Mac Hollins and uh Isaiah Ford and stuff. Like it it, it made sense to have you know Gasecki out there full time and then just run another tight end in line. So but still, you, like 61%. You, like, that's high. Love you, Kelly. I'm just busy yelling at Ryan. Well, um, I mean, that's all. a point to, you know, Miami, you know, Will Fuller's hurt all the time. Devontae Parker's hurt half the time. So they really didn't have anyone other than Waddle. And yeah. so I'm just wondering if it's something. And then, of course, there's the entire coaching change now. But I didn't know if it was something we could see transitioning next year because – I, I wonder the value of guys like Durham Smythe and Hunter Long didn't do shit, but who's the other tight end down there? Adam, uh, Shaheen. Adam Shaheen. I wonder the value of them in 12 personnel because they, they would score touchdowns in the most unlikely moments. But like, could Hunter Long be a real person even if Gasicki's back? But we just don't know at this point. So I could, I think he could be a real person. I mean, they spent decent draft capital on him. The same yeah. GM is still there, it's just a different head coach. Same owner, pain, pain for yeah. losses, apparently. Yeah. Kelly, this is not pre-recorded. I can <laughs> guarantee you that. <laughs> Live reactions to these moron statements on your screens right now at 6.37 Central Time on a Wednesday afternoon as we so lovingly talk about the greatest position in fantasy football. Wednesday evening, Joe. Ryan, Ryan Weiss's favorite. The tight end position. It is. Yes, because he called three of the top five, five of the top 12, nine of the top 12. 
Um, so, or nine of the top 16 or so. Five of the top. What, Ryan, give Ryan me five. You fucked if, up. Did I? Oh, did I put you top 12 up. twice? Guys, I'm just trying to read off this show sheet. At the top, it says we're talking about receivers this week. So if we can oh, really, if we can really <laughs> handle shit. So that Let way me when change I, that really quick. So, so that way when I look okay. at the show sheet, you know, 20 minutes before we go live and also read it as I'm reading it live on air. I'd like for things to be correct. Um, so just a heads up, I will not be joining you for the rest of the month uh, to wrap up this season. Perfect. Either. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. Thank you I mean, very I much. I copy and paste this. All the time. Thank you very much. I, I can't wait till next week where we have our week 15 uh, starts at different day show as we're joined by Kelly and Phoenix. Like what, what the hell, what are we going to do? What are we doing here? Um, it, hey, John. There's one stat on here that matters. Yeah. I did this for you. That you missed Cole Komet by just 10 points. He was your tight end 18, and he finished even lower at tight end 20. I called the bullshit, Joe. You were right. You called, You did. You 100% called the bullshit. And to, to all of our friends, or not friends in the industry, that said Cole Komet will be a top 12 tight end this year, we welcome you on the show. We want you to come on the show. Keep in mind, I will yell at you but it will be out of love. And that's what I want to make as clear as possible is that it'll be out of love. And it's more so just to, you know, like kind of like virtually shake your body and be like, you're an idiot. Why are you putting him this high? So that's all. That's all. Um, you know, Ryan, I'm happy you put that on there. I'm really happy you put that on there for me, friend. Uh, okay. Yeah, the misses. 30 and he finished at 20 so i was actually really low on him but wow you also had hunter renfro at 72 so you can shut up ass. so your rankings suck by the way terrible Thanks. awful your rankings are awful i listen listen i wouldn't say that but you put hunter renfro at 72 and that's simply disrespectful yeah, i owned it come on i mean gosh. you had I could have easily to... readjusted my rankings yeah. it's not like any of you guys are physically looking at my spreadsheet so ryan at least you had him at 66 that's right. At least you had him at 66. I gave him I gave him a modicum of respect. <laughs> you you gave him Man, an extra like two 70. catches compared to Josh. In a in a 32 team league, I had him as a wide receiver three. <laughs> a high wide receiver three. Flex play. It's good Strong flex play. Flex play. <laughs> Strong flex play. Okay. Uh Chris, you were super low on Pat Frymouth. You had him at 30. He finished 14. Too low on Andrews. You had him at five. He was the tight end one. Whiffed on Anthony Ferkser, our projected Jarwin to be you top were 10. really high on Ferkser in the offseason. I do remember that. And then Yeah, I had him at 12. What a baffling team that team was with their use of tight end. It's so confusing because, like, you know, Jeff Swain got in the action a little bit, but still nothing, well, then you know, nothing of note. Michael Pruitt, Pruitt had like a two touchdown game at one point. <laughs> it was yeah. just ugly. Yeah. So. One little fun fact about the Tennessee tight uh, the Tennessee tight end room: um, every single one of them had more touchdowns individually. <laughs> than- <laughs> <laughs> this is the most Even- anti Colquitt <laughs> show ever. I'm Even- gonna laugh so hard. So hard when he's a top five tight end next year. <laughs> if he's if he's a top five tight end next year, I will run out my window. I will run out my window on the second floor. There's no way he's a top five tight he's end. He's only next a top year. five tight end if 
tragedy if Travis, the entire if, AFC. If, if Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, George Kittle, Darren Waller, and Kyle Pitts all come down with some form of uncurable cancer. I said they would that, have to almost at that inspire. point does even crack the top 15, let alone I, the top five. I, I wasn't gonna kill them. I was gonna say they were gonna conspire to commit a crime Ocean's Eleven style and all get arrested. <laughs> so. So can we talk about Kyle Pitts? Yes. Because I feel like he was a major bust this year, even as the tight end six with his ADP, you know, skyrocketing in the community like it was. And a lot of the chatter I hear these days is like, oh, we only had one touchdown. It'll just go, it'll go up. It'll go up. Are we sure it's going to go up that much? Because Atlanta's probably not getting any better on offense. Whoa. I'm, I don't think he was a thousand yards. 100 targets. Well, yeah, he's a fine, he was a fine NFL tight end, but his ADP got out of control and I feel like he's going to be even higher this year. His, See, I his... think his ADP got more inflated because of the dynasty community. Because I think his ADP no, for the Kyle Pitts in redraft. Yeah, his ADP in redraft I think was still only like tight end 7 or 6 and he finished four. in tight ends. It was 4 in August. Was it really that high? Yeah. So, I so was, it, it went I above he, six. He left Andrews, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, he did. He, yeah. he went above Andrews. I mean, I guess I mean, in that that sense, then sure. Then, yeah, he becomes a disappointment. But, I mean, a rookie tight end topping a 1,000 yards, like, I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, where I had him projected it, just off of points, I was, I think, within, like, five. But all the extra NFL yards that he ended that. up accumulating made up for the lack of touchdowns. So. How many actual boom games did he have? How many, you know, times did he? Oh, he really, I think he only had like for two or three, one or two. Three. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess from overseas. a consistency standpoint, sure, he wasn't great. Yeah, but sixteen. You can say that about every tight end. Okay, sixteen is hard to call a boom, and that was in week sixteen. Um, so five and seven were his only booms. So that lends a little credence to. I'm All I'm saying is his his ADP is probably going to be in the top three tight ends next year with the way things are trending. Like, oh, well, he got 1,000 yards. He's just going to get the touchdowns next year. And oh, if he has another, he's... you know, top seven season. What yeah, I'm going to be curious to six, see is what they ultimately do on offense. Like, I, I think all of us have kind of come to the conclusion that Ridley's probably out. Like, they're going to make a move yeah. there, give him a fresh start. Um if they end up building around him as essentially like the de facto wide receiver one, maybe they re-sign Gage, they bring in you know more complementary pieces on offense. That's going to be interesting to see if he's able to break that, that like sort of uh, number one wide receiver coverage that he probably didn't have the ability to break as a rookie because he's inexperienced and he's a rookie. Now he's going Please. into a second season because they're splitting him out wide. He's really not running in line at all. He's running in line probably about as much as, as Kelsey and Waller are roughly about 30% of the time. So, you know, as those two guys have gotten and played in this league a long time, they've gotten used to running with that extra coverage. Kelsey has the, has the benefit of someone like Tyreek Hill. Waller has the benefit of Hunter Renfro. Right now, or, uh, Pitts doesn't have that. He doesn't have that secondary guy that can defenses can sway to to help him get open and take away some of that coverage. So that's why I say this offseason, at least from a redraft perspective, 
to me is going to be interesting to see what the team does to better support him on offense. I just want to counter with, I don't think anybody here would remotely agree, but if it happens, it happens. I don't see a way he sniffs the top three in ADP. That's got to be no. Kelsey Waller and Andrews, and then you start getting into a muddle. I, I was going to say Waller is going to be interesting. Injured. Yeah, Waller is going to be yeah. interesting because of the injury. I mean, he well, could crack three because people might be scared off of injuries from Waller. Well, that's what I was going to say. That's so. Is that the scenario where he does? To me, like, I'm not afraid of Waller at all. I I'll take every no, drop well, of Waller. I Waller with McDaniel's as his head coach. Yeah, and. I, hey, if people want to put Kyle Pitts in the top three, thank Please you. Do. That means I can take, you know, an actual good player that is going to help Very my team and not underperform in, you know, the top five rounds. But that is well, because like the, that's bold. Like you can double to be tight end Kyle three. Pitts. He would have to be a third round pick, and I, I'm leaning all the way to Chris at He's, this point. The stats he put up this year are not third round pick stats. Remotely. No, like he was a great rookie tight end in terms of NFL standards, but in fantasy, I just feel like he was a major bust, and it's only going to get worse as you know, you know the offseason goes on. I'd love for Kelly to chime in on this because she's been defending Mark Andrews all day. Is Andrews over Kelsey for you, Kelly? But I guess for you guys. So at this point. Kelsey's no longer a first round pick. I think we can all agree on that. And I don't think Andrews did enough to make himself a first round. You think so, Chris? I think back end, you know, go double up, you know, top. Okay. 10, and that's fair. That's how I that's how I draft as well. So, but we're looking at Kelsey. Is Andrews a second round pick? Yes. I think you can definitely make the argument. I mean, my biggest thing when I'm looking at Andrews. How much of this year is sustainable? I mean, because, again, we saw how decimated they were at running back. They're trotting out, you know, guys that – Corpses. Haven't – yeah, they're exactly. Corpses. Haven't been good in years. And and when you look at statistically, he was actually better without Lamar Jackson than he was with when on a per-game basis. When they get Dobbins back healthy, when they get Gus Edwards back healthy – how much is Greg Roman going to say, you know what, let's just go back to what works and we're not going to throw the ball 600 plus times this year. So how much does that affect? Like we know Andrews is good from a standpoint. We, we again, over 1300 yards this year, 10 touchdowns. He gets in the end zone. That's never been the problem. But when you're looking and trying to project these top tight ends, you want volume. Waller and Kelsey have been those guys because they're getting 130 plus targets every year. Are we at a point now they added Rashad Bateman? He's now going into year two. Uh, Hollywood Brown has seen an over 24% target share now two years in a row and still doesn't get a ton of respect. And yes, I understand drop touchdowns, et cetera. But just from an overall production standpoint, he's doing it. So if they regress in targets and pass attempts next year, you invest that high draft capital in Waller, that could be a problem. See if he, if Wait, he in Waller in the or first Andrews? round. Andrews, excuse me. Andrews, yeah. Yeah. I I'm okay. I don't draft tight ends high. I don't think you should draft the tight end in the first round because I think running back is way too scarce. And, and then they'll just get hurt like they do every year. <laughs> I mean, not not if you draft the guys I draft and listen to the show correctly. 
but true. Joe, Joe won every championship this year. No, I just had the top two running backs. And <laughs> how many in championships? Th- in three leagues. <laughs> well, in two leagues, I may I did make the championship. So, but neither here nor there. So, if you drafted one hundred and one, would you? I'll be Jonathan honest. Taylor. Would you have taken Jonathan Taylor, or is that hindsight talking? Like, no, I'm talking. Like, are you talking this upcoming last, last year? Last year. No, I would have drafted Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, hundred well, percent. But yeah, I mean... I, again, I I go you know back to back there, and I I think I think the perfect thing of like my reason of why I don't draft the tight end high. Ryan created the tight end five two seasons ago. Yeah, streaming a tight end five. Hunter Henry was just available. Dawson Knox was just available. I got those guys, and they helped put me into the playoffs. Over the dude I drafted, Jonu Smith. So I dropped Jonu Smith, picked up these guys who were free on the waiver wire, and they turned out to be good. They turned out to be good pickups. I picked up CJ Uzamo one week. I picked up Tyler Conklin one week. Well, I was gonna say if you, you just hit, need a touchdown, if you hit, it works. I still prefer. It's all about your fantasy mindset for tight end. Even though I live the stream for tight end, I prefer set it and forget it. I always yeah, have. I too. always will. So, and, and I also and think it depends on the league you're in too. Yeah, because if you're if you're in these like so called expert leagues where other people may have the 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 mindset like, oh, I'm going to stream every week. Streaming then becomes harder. Yes. If you're in like your standard regular home leagues. Most people are just they're you know they're setting and forgetting even if they have like a tight end twenty as their number one guy you know what I mean so then streaming becomes a little bit easier if you don't have Fab streaming becomes a little bit easier if you have Fab becomes a lot more difficult. Kelly brings up a good point. Yeah, Kelly brings up a good point. In a tight end premium league, you're probably drafting Andrews so high. I'm probably drafting Kelsey high, but. I personally would not spend a first round draft pick on those guys. I'm okay with a second round pick. If you do choose to be of that mindset, I'm okay with that. I'm going to throw out just one quick fallacy and I'm starting to think I might need to do an article about this. Tight end premium changes absolutely nothing for the tight end position. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. It's all about making tight ends flexible in later weeks and things like that the tight end position is the tight end position is the tight end position if you look at tight end premium scoring versus non-tight end premium scoring the tight end one outscores the tight end 12 by the same points per game it's just it is what it is it's the exact same thing it's just it makes guys lower an option to throw into your flex spot so don't get caught up on drafting tight ends early in a tight end premium league and if your league does that zig when they zag that's where you can get so much value at running back and wide receiver see and i feel the same way when you're comparing quarterbacks with four points per touchdown versus six points per touch pass all it does is it changes rushing quarterbacks in that situation so i think same thing with superflex um it's depending on how you value these guys you know you might have to draft like the later guys sooner but well say superflex change because most people treat Superflex as a two QB league. You don't have to, but you should. And so there's position scarcity at that point. But tight end premium doesn't change scarcity. It changes scoring, but it changes scoring for everybody. The only thing it, it changes change the tiers. Yeah, the only thing it changes is say, who are you valuing in the like are you gonna value if you drafted 
you know, 104 in a 12 team league and it wraps back to you and Mark Andrews is sitting there at 206. Are you going to value a wide receiver one, an, R- an RB2, or Mark Andrews because he's getting two points per catch instead of these guys who are only getting one? Well, it Kelly, does not, it doesn't adjust. I say Kelly does concede one point here where she can start multiple tight ends if she wants. There was this whole push last year for the bully tight end strategy where you grab two of the top guys in the first five rounds in a tight end premium. That's a hell of a strategy. If you can surround them with running backs, it's a hell of a strategy. But the question is, does it push ADPs up so high that it's undoable at that point? Yeah, so. exactly. And Elixirs asks Waller or Kittle standard. Who would you have? Who would you rather have in 2022 Waller or Kittle in a standard Joshua standard league? There's only one right answer to this. I would still probably go Waller, truthfully. Just because I, I he's going to have more touchdown potential even outside of a Josh McDaniels offense. I mean, I don't think Kittle scored more than like five touchdowns in any season of his career. Yeah, Chris? I think I would go Waller too, just based off the touchdowns. Ryan? Oh, it's Waller, for sure. Waller based off his head coach. Like, you can yeah. give them both the same amount of touchdowns. Waller's going to see the ball more. Um, I don't know. And also, if Jimmy Garoppolo becomes his quarterback, which I feel like he probably will, I have zero inside information on that, but it just feels like that's what it's gearing up to there in Vegas. What is Car? Am I missing? What is Car's contract? He's got one year left on his contract, but it like he signed the the old QB deals, so he's not even making twenty million this year. So he's gonna want to fight for money this year anyway. Correct. So probably yeah, I, they don't they don't have any dead cap with Carr well, moving forward. Yeah, his his dead wow. cap hit is zero. So well, if they just straight up cut him, it doesn't hurt them at all. But you're not going to do that because you no, can you're going to a team probably get you know either a high second, maybe a late first or something. You're you're going to try no hundred. You're going to try and trade him, but also you're going to trade him and you're going to have zero dead cap. So that means you can still spend whatever money you were going to pay him. Plus the money that you might have paid more of him to like resign him for the money he wants to Garoppolo. So and also, my... go ahead. Sorry, Ryan. Well, no, it's fine. It, are you you're you would have to acquire Garoppolo first? I it just seems risky. I don't know. I I'd rather have Car. I guess that's what it really comes down to. I'm not vouching for Jimmy Garoppolo by any yeah. means. <laughs> I guess that's my thing is I don't really clear. see the need i think grappolo should go to pittsburgh or but if car could end up in pittsburgh even better i don't think we answer this question but let's say you know you're sitting there in the second round and there's kelsey and andrews there who are you taking first oh it's kelsey for me all day i'm yeah. super bought in yeah i think i would still rank kelsey over andrews again it's just when you get the running backs back I I just I don't know how that offense will change, and and that still that just kind of plays into it. I know exactly what I'm getting out of Kelsey, and I know what I'm getting out of that Kansas City offense because they don't need running backs, and we've seen that because Ceh they took also around he still sucks. So Kelsey has has shown no signs of slowing down. I'm actively nope. trying to acquire him in dynasty leagues. That's fair. I don't. I know. already. I, don't... I already have him in every dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> Not that one. I'm. I'm. I'm still. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm just one. saying though. That was the game I played every dynasty startup. I made sure I landed Travis Kelsey because I'm not concerned. 
So I still love Mark Andrews, Kelly. Don't kill me in the chat. I wrote an article two years ago saying he could have been the damn tight end one, and then he just made me look Boomer bad sooner. one year late. So he'll turn yeah. he'll turn thirty three next season. I know he's shown no signs of slowing down. He'll turn thirty three next season. I I don't know. I, I think you still have at least two good years. At least and that's what two. you need in, in Dynasty. Yeah. <laughs> so you're so I don't, again it just depends on where you're at. I mean, you're clearly not that's taking either one of them in the second round. But. No, uh, and I'm and I'm not that that's that's like the tough part of this question for me. But because Josh makes a good point. I I don't like Baltimore's offense for pass catchers. I hate them for pass catchers. But Mark Andrews seems to be the guy that it just doesn't matter. He's Mark Andrews is going to catch touchdowns. And that's all I that's all I care about at this point. So I don't know like his yards per game was his lowest since 2016, but his targets doubled. <laughs> Are we talking Kelsey or Andrews? Kelsey. Oh, okay. But then like, like, yeah, he had in like, he had 92, he had the same amount of yardage in 2016, but he had, you know, he did it on seven less catches. So he was more efficient back then. And that was really his first breakout year because the year before he only had 875 yards, which again, still good for a tight end, but that was his real breakout year was 2016. So this is like, this is actually his worst year since his breakout year in his lowest yards per target ever. Like when you look at it, this is technically one of Kelsey's worst seasons outside of outside of touchdowns. And he was still yeah, eleven hundred yards, receptions, nine touchdowns. He's he's still he's still a top three tight end because the position is that bad. When you look at his yards per target and his yards per reception, he's neck and neck with Mark Andrews in his breakout year. (laughs) (laughs) What what do you? I'm sorry. What do you mean? You said like, it's his lowest yards per reception, is his lowest yards per target. He's his numbers are right next to Mark Andrews, like eight point four to eight point eight and and twelve point two to twelve point seven. So Kelsey's worst year is matching the new kid on the blocks breakout year. Like I, I'm not worried about Travis Kelsey. I guess what I was trying to say in that whole thing is I don't draft tight ends early. So yeah, I really <laughs> I was trying to dance around that question. And also I know I would say, I know Mark Andrews had bum games, but I, I mean, I, again, I, I feel if you're drafting a guy that high, he had three games or four games this season under 30 yards receiving with no touchdowns. Like um, when have we seen that for, even when he has like, even when he doesn't have a touchdown, he has six catches for 80 yards. Even when he plays, when he plays the the Patriots, He'll have 19 yards, but he'll have a touchdown. So, like, to me, there was just, there was a lot of bad games from Kelsey that didn't, to me, doesn't warrant him a number, a first round draft pick or a high second. That's why I don't draft tight ends that high. That's all. I, again, I just feel like this was, it just from like recent memory, it just feels like one of Kelsey's worst seasons. Um, I don't know. I, I don't I don't draft tight ends high. Just wait. Don't even draft a tight end. I might not draft the tight end next year. It's really it's really to the point where you're just kind of throwing shit against the wall and hoping something sticks. Unless you're drafting, unless you want to spend the capital on an Andrews or Kelsey, 
And at this point, can we even put? I'll put Waller there because this is his first year with like well, just injury. I was going to say my issue now is as a profound Travis Kelsey lover. If I can get Waller in the fourth or fifth, it's going to be hard Waller. for me to pull the trigger on Kelsey in the second. Waller, not even a question. There's so many good wide receivers in the fourth and fifth. You could have got Cooper Cup Cooper and Tyler Cup. Lockett. Yeah, I was going to say he's he's the quintessential now. <laughs> so. That's why I draft three running backs first because there's so many good receivers in the in the fourth Let's and fifth you're round. Gonna have, you're going to have Cup jumping up to the first round next year. Yeah, Adams yeah. Will still I, be there, so. you'll see Cup go 101 guaranteed in a lot of leagues. And I'm not even going to say it's the worst possible pick. Jonathan Taylor probably should be the 101, but Cup at 102, <laughs> I'm not against that. Uh, I, I still remember Calvin Johnson's big breakout. He was absolutely going 101 in quite a few drafts. Yep. I, I just. Mean, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying Cooper Cup won't be the wide receiver one next year. I, I I don't really know that, but there's no way he repeats what he did this year. Like you are asking him to again, literally have an NFL record-breaking season. Yeah. Again. But I mean, why not? Why not? I heard this argument <laughs> a lot the Rams with Derrick Henry. Why not? <laughs> I heard this argument a lot with Derrick Henry. You know, coming into this year, and if not for injuries. Um, he would have had definitely way over two thousand yards. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. I just again, you're at, like that is asking. You're asking Jonathan Taylor to have just a a good Jonathan Taylor year, right? What we expect of Jonathan Taylor, maybe a little bit more. I mean, even we, if he regresses to thirteen hundred yards and fifteen touchdowns, he's still going to be a top three running back. Uh, easy, but yeah. you're you're again, you're asking Cooper Cup to once again break NFL records in back-to-back seasons. That's just, that's a lot. That's just so much to ask. He doesn't necessarily have to do that to be the wide receiver no. one, though. Yes, <laughs> no, sure. He has so much leeway. Yeah. Sure, but, you know, I, again, I just I, I can't get on board drafting a wide receiver that high unless, you're, unless you literally guarantee me 13 targets a game. I well, can't get on board that high. I guess the issue there were a is a lot of wide receivers this year. They hit that and felt like, well, the biggest issue is history screams that nobody repeats as the RB one. I don't so taking yep. Jonathan Taylor at the one one is also a mistake. I mean, there's been a different wide receiver one every year for the past, what, five years. Well, RB one, RB one. There's not been a repeat in even what longer you can find on fantasy data. Like that's yeah. how crazy it is. So. Yeah, I think it goes all the way back to uh, like Priest Holmes or Danny yeah. Tomlinson or something like that. Exactly. A- AP never went back to back. As far as I know, in the last 25 years, I think it is on Fantasy Data or 20 years, there's not better repeat. Dang. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Any repeat tight end ones? <laughs> yeah. Kelsey. Five straight fucking years, baby. Five straight <laughs> years of Travis Kelsey because no one else wanted to play the tight end position. Uh Okay. Biggest surprises. Everyone has Dalton Schultz. Yeah. Everyone and their mother has Dalton Schultz. Everyone has Zach Ertz because, well, he got traded. And then, you know. Honestly, I, I was still surprised just because Arizona, kind of like what we were talking about with New England, they, Cliff Kingsbury never targeted the tight end position. Yep. And we all raved about Dan Arnold in the middle of the year. He had Dan Arnold never threw to him. Yeah. Well, I mean, Max no, Williams. He, he did throw to him. He just, Dan Arnold dropped it. That was the issue. Yeah. And uh, that I was about to bring that up, Ryan. 
I wonder if we all would have been surprised and talked about Max Williams if he played the full season. Like, would we, would people have maybe hopped on a Max Williams train just a little bit heading into next season? If he continued, obviously, the trajectory he had through a very small sample size. I say eight, eight fantasy points per game for five games, and I don't think he, he got hurt in the middle of a game, if I remember got, correctly. So Yes, hurt There's in the, the middle catch. of a game. Yeah. So yes, first first yeah, because everyone thought he was gonna have a great game that week because it yep. was a very good matchup and it was on his first catch. Uh just like when Ryan thought James Robinson was gonna have a really good week against the Jets and then I probably cursed him. I probably predicted Max Williams to have a monster week that week. <laughs> no, I think you predicted Michael Pruitt to have a monster Actually, hold week on. and he had that, no that David Njoku, I think, was that week. Oh, that one was awesome. David and David and Joku, zero targets, the wide zero catches, the tight end twenty two. Yeah, yeah, buddy. Was yeah, he, he ended up outscoring? 22? Yeah, he ended up outscoring yeah. Austin Hooper. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm just, just imagine so if bad. Stefanski would just commit to one tight end. I mean, I'm you have to build a top five tight end in Cleveland. I, it's so it, stupid. They cycle all an athlete. Guys. Go ahead. I Ryan. just want to throw out week four. Great Max Williams week was on the stream of the week list. Week five, the week of the injury, did not make the stream of the week list. Nice. Wow. Look so at you, you saved your cursing. Wait, the end wait, hold on. Yeah, hold on. I'm fairly positive that was because he was over 50% owned because we put him on the pick him up. Well, then I write that article too. So <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, you only put guys that are under 50%. So yeah. I don't think he was available that myself. week doing myself a massive disservice yeah. i need to start just letting you guys stream travis kelsey <laughs> <laughs> well, tired, tired of being wrong <laughs> well we got we got through the tight ends guys that was hey, we did it that was a good time thank you chris for joining us for the month of january yes. and the first the first wednesday in february as it will now most likely be due to week 18 next week is our super bowl prop Bets show with the one and only Mark Drumheller, who joined us last year. He's now writing with Yahoo Sports. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Chris's Thrive Day props are is this is this I want to make sure this is still accurate information because we we're Yeah, we're not, obviously we're not doing it this weekend, but yeah. Ah, no okay. Pro Bowl no pro, pro Bowl picks for me. You sure? I feel like you should do Pro Bowl picks. <laughs> pro Bowl Thrive Day picks with Just Chris. Take, all the overs. take the overs. <laughs> over, over, over. You know the, the Jamie Foxx commercial where he it's the MGM commercial where he says hit and overs just keep swinging your arms yeah. that way don't even swing to the unders. So <laughs> oh, I hate yeah. betting unders. I hate it. <laughs> See, I do too. And I the one well. time I bet the under was the Navy Notre Dame game when every one of my friends around me bet the over and when the over hit I did not hear the end of it because yeah. <laughs> I was po- I was positive. I also bet Navy to cover dumb move so you know um, some unders are just they scream smash picks but you're just rooting for nothing to happen and i hate it. yeah you're you're rooting for no fun is is what it is you're rooting for no fun um and that's like you know that's no fun that's no fun that's no fun (laughs) rooting for no fun is no fun um okay great show guys i don't really i don't i'm not really anything to wrap this up here tight end show it was great yeah, electric, some might say. I'm excited for next week because there's going to be some funny prop bets that we add in there. I'm at the first, I I'm excited because I don't actually have to put together a show sheet because oh, this is all you, buddy. I have to do that. <laughs> yeah. 
I have work. <laughs> I don't care. I um, got a little bit more. Uh, I have worked every week too, and I still manage to do these show sheets. <laughs> Listen, I don't know if Kelly's joking at this point or not. I'm very confused. <laughs> I really don't know. I really don't know. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm scared. I'm scared. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited for next week. I think uh, my my favorite one that I hope there is a prop bet of this year, which is probably going to be the toughest prop bet to get correct. Last year we talked about which what will be the weekend's first song that he plays. Oh my goodness! What will be the first song this year <laughs> with Eminem? Doctor Dre. I was about Dre. to say. I mean, it, I mean, it, if if we follow the trailer, Eminem will be the first artist. But with so many artists. I mean, the, the prop bet but, itself could be who's the first artist that comes out. Wasn't Dre but, the first Dre, announced? Yes, but yeah. also Dre's the DJ, so Dre's probably going to be out there the whole time. Well, first of all, dickhead, Dr. Dre is a producer, <laughs> not a DJ. <laughs> Literally started as a DJ. <laughs> not with the rap game. <laughs> producer, DJ. He started, he started in the things, same... Though. Very different. He started off Colin. as a DJ. Okay, what is is, is he's going to be producing the music out there? No, he he's produced? a rapper, you asshole. He has songs. <laughs> I, I'm he's aware going he to be so- performing. I'm aware he has songs. He's Brian. not going to be back there on the ones and fucking twos. He's not I guess I guarantee yeah. you is. I guarantee you he is. I guarantee you he is. I hope that's a prop bet. I guarantee you he is. A hundred percent, he is guaranteed. Yeah. Ill- one point throughout At the night. At no he point will... will you see Dr. Dre behind a fucking turntable. At yeah, you zero will. Point. No, no, you won't. 100%. No, you won't. This seems like a yeah, good prop will. bet. Yeah, yeah, right? you will. Yeah, you will. 100% Well, no you doubt got one to add will. for us for the show. 100% no doubt You'll be the only one who takes yes, and you'll be wrong. No, no doubt in my mind that he will be. So I can't wait to come in on Wednesday the 16th and gloat to you guys that I was correct. So uh, regardless... <laughs> I will not be leaving my house for the Super Bowl mostly because I want to watch the halftime show. I could care less about this actual game. I just want to watch the halftime show. <laughs> could could absolutely care. I, I want the Bengals to win because that was who I said would win the Super Bowl. Yeah. But that's I, I win I don't money care. if the Bengals win, so go Bengals. I sorry, I don't care. I just want to see a good game personally. That's all I care about. I won't I be mad see- if the Rams win. I'm I would love to see Matthew Stafford get some vindication for suffering all those years in Detroit. But I also wouldn't be mad if the Bengals end years of misery and Joe Burrow and triumph. You mean you mean Joey Burr, as people Joe are calling Burr. him now? Joey Joe, Burr? Joe Shasty. Joe, oh I will oh, say the one the one Burrow. narrative with Joe Burrow that really bugs me that people are like, oh, well, I want to see Stafford because Burrow's young and he's got every opportunity to get back. 1984, Dan Marino made the Super Bowl in his second year and never once got back to the Super Bowl. So yeah. I don't buy that fucking narrative. When you get there, don't, it, it, you know. Wait, yeah. has Miami made the Super Bowl since 1984? <laughs> no. no. I don't think no. they have. No. But I, again, yeah. goes to my point. Like, that that's a stupid narrative that people Let dial up. Burrow oh, they want so and so to win because so and so's young and they have every opportunity to get back. Yeah, they have every opportunity. Doesn't mean they're gonna get. I mean, they're gonna happen. If the Rams win, I want it to be solely because of Aaron Donald. Like, I just love that guy so much. So... Aaron Donald deserves a ring. Cooper yeah. Cup. Love Cooper Cup. Aaron Donald. Seven and a half sacks. Whatever Aaron Donald's sack prop <laughs> so bet is, I, I'm with over. it. I'm with it. I hope. But, 
Whatever his prop bet is, over. Tutu Atwell deserves a ring. Tutu Atwell? What? Did he even play a snap this year? On he did? Teams. Yeah. On, special On special teams. teams. No. Did he play a meaningful snap? Let me correct that. Did he play a meaningful snap? No, hey, he did not. special teams is one of the three phases of the game. Those snaps are meaningful. Um, unless your name is Cordero Ask Patterson or Jamal Agnew, your special team snaps mean absolutely nothing. That's that they mean absolutely. I'll nothing. tell that to every kicker that you ever prop up in the offseason. Okay, hold on. No, I take no, that back. Yeah, now I there's that back. Okay. I take that back. Unless your name is Cordero Patterson, Jamal Agnew, EJ Speed, or Evan Big Dick McPherson. <laughs> it Trent, does not matter. Trent Taylor deserves a ring. Trent Taylor? He's a he's a ram. No, he's a bangle. He's a bangle? I was like, a, what? Trent Taylor, former 49er. Yep. The only reason I know oh, that name. Man. Wow. I remember I remember I was hyping up Trent Taylor for like two weeks because he had one good week. Yep. That was like three seasons ago, I feel. That was that was a while ago. I think that is the eternal fantasy football trap right there. He had one good week, so I yep. was hyping him up for two weeks. Yeah. It was like James Prochet when he cracked the top 36. I put him as my upside receiver the week after, knowing I would lose, knowing 100% I was not going to be correct. I'm just happy James Prochet cracked the top 36 and was a startable receiver once this year. That... That's my crowning achievement in life. He may never reach that again, but that's my crowning achievement. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, for Josh, Chris, Ryan, myself, you can follow Club Fantasy on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Club Fantasy FFL. The URL is clubfantasyffl.com. Next week, Super Bowl prop bets with Mark Drumheller. No DFS and chill this week because, well, can you even set DFS lineups for the Pro Bowl? You can. You can. Wow. I'm sure you could do Thrive Props on this, the Pro Bowl as well. So I, I mean. Yeah. It's a gambler's paradise, baby. L- listen, it it's in Vegas, nonetheless. So, yeah, I, I, you know what? I wonder if you can do prop bets on the skills challenges. There has to be. Someone has to be doing Ooh, that. Ooh, that'd be fun. That would be fun. Someone has to be doing that. Like the dodgeball game. Who'll have the most putouts in dodgeball? That would be electric prop bet right there. I'd play I'd pl- I would 100% play. I'm a degenerate. So. <laughs> I would 100% play. All right. Always remember, defense wins championships. Offense wins fantasy football. We will see you next week.